This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode eight. Coming up, we're going to talk about what physical well-being means. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast, the podcast dedicated to navigating how we can all improve our health and well-being through small, healthy habits we can start implementing right now today. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Each week, we're going to sit down with a certified health expert from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan to do a deep dive into topics that we're going to cover a lot of territory. We'll talk about nutrition, well-being, stress reduction. In this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about physical well-being. How do we get into that? We all know, you know, go for a power walk, 7,500 steps a day. We're going to go farther than that, but you've got to know who's back with us again. Let me just applaud for this. Yay! Cindy Bjorkwist is back. Good to see you again. That's so nice. Thank you. Good seeing you. Well, we don't have a live studio audience, so I I thought I would throw that in. Cindy is currently Director of Health and Wellness and programs at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, the largest health insurer in the state, if you didn't notice. 4.5 million members. You've got uh, over three decades of experience in health and wellness in the industry. And we've talked about, in the last episode, we talked about how we're going from using the phrases, you know, wellness to well-being. And this time we want to talk about balance. How do we get our lives in balance and how can we do that with more of the physical, the practical things, right? Yeah. So remember when we talked about well-being, the physical was something that you don't want to forget about. And I love that point in the last podcast when you said that we're not forgetting about that. Think of it as it's the healthiest that you can be at your point at your life. And so there's this health continuum. You know, we, we're born and then we and we age into sometimes chronic conditions mm-hmm. and pre-chronic conditions. You might, your weight may go up and your blood pressure may go up. So at any point in time, the physical trying to be as healthy as you can at any point in time. It's just not the absence of disease because some people say, well, I don't have diabetes or I don't have a weight issue or a blood pressure issue. It's the idea broadening that now under well-being into living a balanced state of mind, body, and spirit. So you have to think of all of them, not mm-hmm. just the body, which is what we're going to talk about today, exercising, eating yeah. right, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's the sense of my mind is healthy and then my spirit is healthy. This physical one happens to be the most visible of those three. You know, if you see a person who is out of breath walking, you know, you know, they probably right. need to go on that walk that you just alluded to. If you see a person who may have uh, carrying extra weight or if you see a person in, who has diabetes and they're actually having to control that. So it's an it's the outward visible. Mind health is really hard to capture, you know, and so that's something completely different. Don't talk about me like that. You're looking right <laughs> at me. When, but, you know, you're right, because here's the thing. This journey that we're on called life. My life was 25 years. Grab my shoes three-mile jog. Never did long distance. Well, guess what? The left knee goes wacky. I can't jog anymore, so I miss it like crazy. So I don't have a chronic disease, but I've had to adjust my physical daily activity to more walking, to more power walking. So that fits too. It doesn't have to be something gargantuan that you're facing in life. It can be something you just have to navigate around. Absolutely. And that's okay. You know, if you can't run anymore, you walk. That's completely yeah. okay. Some people think, well, I have to run. You burn about the same amount of calories walking or running I know. A mile. My wife told me that a Did long she, time ago. She's no, smart. She is very smart. But it, as a man's brain, I can tell you, it doesn't make sense unless I'm sweating and bleeding. You know what I, I mean? Know, I well, know. Well, you go hiking. Unless you're really doing it, you're thinking, oh, this isn't burning the same calories. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it does, yeah, right? Yeah, it does. It okay. does. And, and remember, the blue 
Blue Zone books with Dan Butner, those people weren't runners who lived to be over 100. Yeah. They just did physical activity every day. They Their surroundings and their environment prompted them and triggered them to do physical See, activity. See, I feel better already. Well, now I know go. I'm going to make it. There because, you go. All right. So physical, what we're talking about with physical well-being, it's the promotion of physical activity. We talked about that. It's not just going for a run. It's parking, you know, across the parking lot. That's, you know, example, people use that all the time. When mm-hmm. you go to the store, don't try to find the closest slot. Park right. way at the end and then walk all the way in. Or take the elevator. Instead of the elevator, Absolutely. take the stairs. Right? Absolutely. Don't get a riding lawnmower. Get a push lawnmower. You know, walk around. Who does that? If you, if you want to walk with your friends, then, you know, instead of going out. So what I'll do, I have a friend set. And instead of sitting down at a restaurant, we never, we axed the whole go to the restaurant, you know, quarterly because I have friends that I have from a previous job. Yeah. We actually meet and talk and then we go for a walk. You know, you walk and talk. You say, hey, let's go for a walk and let's talk about things. I have a best mm-hmm. friend that I do that mm-hmm. with. So so that is the whole promotion of physical activity throughout your day. That's important. Not just the cardio, though. It's also the strength training, which is huge as we age. We start to lose muscle at 30 years old. Remember when we were 30 way back then? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. 30 on each side now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So so if you start to lose muscle at 30, you have to maintain your muscle because your muscle translates to higher metabolism because you're chunking out calories throughout the day. So, you know, training, just lifting some weight. So when you say that, body. you know, there's that commercial, I forget which chain that is. I don't know. I won't even mention it if I can yeah. figure it We pick things up and we put them down, you know. It's kind of a funny thing, but you're not talking about significant becoming Arnold. You're just no. saying you need to use some weights in your life, Tap right? Tap into the muscle that you have and yeah. make sure that you either a, don't lose it as you age past yep. 30 or regenerate it. They have postmenopausal studies on women doing lightweight lifting and the effects that has on their muscle tone. So, and on bone density too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've been reading your research. Well, I have a wife and she's 37 years. She keeps coming home for dinner. So I, I know it works it. out. I yeah. love it. So physical activity. So that's a part of this whole realm that we're talking about with physical well-being. Okay. So physical activity. Then beyond that is nutrition. What do you put in your mouth? Mm-hmm. You know, do you eat correctly? Correct meaning do you also get enough water? So that's super important. And the third part of this is mental well-being. So it's you and your mind. You know, your mind has to be healthy. You have to clear it. You can do meditation. You can do mindfulness. So it's the physical, the nutrition, and the mental well-being all working in tandem together. And if you need to change your behavior in any one of those areas, then that's where this new research for well-being is coming into of changing your defaults, which we talked about in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I really want to change because I want to start walking every morning, but I just can't get myself out of bed, there are things that you can do to change your default setting. You can uh, journal about it, saying my goal is that I am actually going to get out of bed and not hit the snooze and I'm going to go walking. Or you tap into a friend. I, I did this one time. Um, we text each other in the morning or we sent selfies of ourselves while we're uh, running. We were a runner, but but running in the morning. And so did you get out of bed? You know, no, oh, I yeah. stayed So it makes you feel guilty, but it's the same kind of thing. You don't have to be with that person. Well, but it's also encouragement. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So tap into your social circles to help you change your behaviors. And there is some research out there that a majority of this industry follows uh, by BJ Fogg. And what he has shown us is that if you're going to start, say, exercising or eating, 
it's not like you want to say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this month. Yeah. It's I'm going to lose maybe a pound a week. Make it realistic. Make small changes and small goals. And you achieve those, pat yourself on the back, and then you move forward. Because the daunting goal that I'm going to run a marathon next month isn't realistic and you can't work towards that. So this idea of small behavior changes and small outcomes along the way is really where the industry is at. And getting some people to help cheer you on, that idea of having friends and sending these photos back and forth. If you're trying to lose a few pounds and you've got a pretty good goal, when you lose three and you're looking at the journey at the end of the tunnel, that can be daunting all by itself if you don't have people saying, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've just lost three pounds in a week and a half. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You know, because people lose sight of that. Some people have the eternal... um say the ability to make behavior changes easily. That, that's not the people that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that struggle every day to try to change their life in one of these ways, to try to exercise, to try to eat right. And this idea that when I went up to Traverse City last weekend with my 22-year-old son and we were traveling up there, you know what he said to me? And this is cool. He said to me, let's eat eggs before we leave because I don't want to have to go fast food on the way up there. Yeah. You know? So him and his absorption of, of us talking about that constantly has changed him. He changes the friend sets that he's around with this exercising and nutrition. So it is this social contagion. If you want to, and I've got this great example that on this whole idea of changing your behaviors that... I had a son who played baseball at East Lansing. And so when I went to those games, I had a friend set who were runners. And so we would all talk about running and training and the latest shoe out and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. When my other son started playing lacrosse, I didn't really know a lot of those parents. And I would sit in the stands and I would show up because I ran to the lacrosse field and I was sweaty when I got there, you know, and I was sweating yeah, and I had my shoes yeah. on. So we went from, hey, hi, my name is Cindy and my son plays out there to the conversation started, you ran here and oh, you're a runner and oh, you know, I see that you're wearing New Balance shoes. And so Mm -hmm. then at the end of the season, it was a social contagion. We had a social circle conversation. So you can influence other in their behaviors if you have a strong personality. But the flip of that is if you're struggling with this physical health and this physical well-being, Find some people who would stimulate you and incent you to change, and change. You might change yourself. You can from spot them. those people yeah. if you're not surrounded yet. You can spot them, and here, you know. So, so you mentioned this brand of shoes. I've worn New Balance myself. Isn't that what we're trying to achieve in our lives? This New Balance. But when you talk about these multifacets, that can seem daunting by itself. Should we just tackle one area at a time so we don't get swamped? I mean, if we have a a diet to go on, maybe it's okay to just concentrate on that for a few weeks. Oh, absolutely. And coaching protocols, because in every situation, there are a ton of companies out there, they have coaching available. You know, Blue Cross has coaching available. So you can go in and talk to someone about your lifestyle. They will do exactly what you just said. It won't be, I want to change four things in my life at Mm -hmm, once. mm -hmm. You isolate and target and do a goal around one. It's interesting. There was, and we talked earlier about this whole Blue Zone book and Dan Butte. Right. I'm not promoting his books, but I think his books were fascinating. And they came out with the nine habits that you should do to have the highest quality. And some of these are physical health. And so if I could just briefly no, walk through the I nine I read it habits. a long time ago, whenever it came yeah, out. But. it's really cool. So one of them was um, in these areas of the world that had the healthiest and the longest living centurions, they had moderate regular physical activity. So they weren't runners and they weren't marathon runners. Runners, yeah. But they were people that walked a lot. They walked and they talked. and they... With their canes. Yes. I saw a video and they're actually over 100 years old every single day. 
There was a guy who I lived next to who recently passed two years ago. His name was Mac. When I moved into this house uh, 13 years ago, I would see this guy with a walker walk around my cul-de-sac every day wow. and outside of my office building, you know, on the weekends and I would see him. So I actually uh, introduced myself to his son who we lived with. And he said that he used to be one of those guys that walked in the field and did something environmental, uh-huh. but he made the connection between physical activity and longevity of life. And so he walked every, it was the cutest thing in the world. But and then he when did it, it. Yeah. And then it was winter. He would go to a local mall. You know, so that's what you see is people acknowledging physical. So that's the first one. So moderate, regular physical activity. The second one is identify a sense of purpose. And this is huge. So if you want to make a change in your life with the physical, which we're talking about, or nutrition, or Mm -hmm. even your mind, if you identify your sense of purpose in the morning and you think about that, then you actually have a better aptitude and a better uh, success rate of achieving your goal. And so what Dan in the Blue Zone book found was these people, like the 101-year-old fisherman, you know, didn't, quote, retire. He would wake up every morning, slowly walk and get out of bed, slowly walk down the dock and fish for dinner. You know, get yeah. those fish for dinner. That was his sense of purpose. And his wife, who was 101, took care of the grandkids. You know, so identifying your sense of purpose helps you with those changes. But, you know, you say this. This is so interesting to hear you say that. I think a lot of people think their sense of purpose has to be this big, giant, bold, audacious, mm. I'm going to solve a world health crisis. Yeah. And most of us aren't going to get to that point. No. And so having a sense of purpose that keeps it to scale, don't get out of... I mean, if you want to go dig wells in Africa, uh, God love you, really. But not everybody's <laughs> wired to do that. That's true. You know, really, that's just true. bring it home and be comfortable in that setting, in your context. I think that's really and good advice. And your sense of purpose may change, too, throughout your right? life. You know, raise your kids, yeah. and then when they're in college, it's something else. Sure. The third rule that they had along these lines of physical well-being is that... Have you ever heard of the 80% rule? So you probably read this in the book. You need to stop eating when you're 80% full. And, okay. and that's one of the characteristics that he found in these, you know, places in the world that have the more sun chair. So don't eat till you're stuffed. You know, stop when you're 80% full. It's tough full. with five kids growing up because I'm a crust guy. I always, you know, they knew if they ate if they ate the best part of the pizza, I'd get the crust or the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Sorry. I'm past that now. I love it. Um, a couple more things along the same lines as really quickly is um, engagement in spirituality or religion. And that follows the mindfulness research that we're seeing in well-being today, mm-hmm. um, this whole focus and meditation and, and focusing on the mind and getting the mind you know, straight. And then engagement in social life. They have a huge community and that also aligns with the research and well-being is that he found in these places in the world that these people had a huge, quote, social life or sense of community. And you, if you go to a church or right. if you have a circle of friends or if you have five girlfriends, make sure you seek them out and keep talking to them because there's research on loneliness and how that actually breeds you to have a shorter lifespan. So that's also a huge thing. But, you well. know, you're saying something here, and I'll tell you right now, I've noticed this difference between my wife and I because you know that men and women are different, right? Right. So if a lady goes into a bathroom at a restaurant, she may come out with three new friends. <laughs> Seriously, Susan will come out walking to people. I don't know. She doesn't know who they are. Men are not wired the same way. We have a hard time sometimes yeah. finding those same friendships that you find easily. That's I think. actually a really good point. Yeah, there might be a gender bias in that. I, well, yeah, but it's true. I don't yeah. go. I don't walk out of the bathroom. And go. So, what do you want to do Saturday? You know. Let me tell you. Sorry, first. I interrupted. Yeah. No, but to that point. <laughs> 
if you're not an external person or someone who talks a lot yeah. or makes friends and stuff like that, then there is that default research that, you know, try to change your brain. Maybe when you journal in the morning, you write down that I'm going to have a conversation with one new person today, you know, or, or, oh, yeah. or something okay. like that. So that's a changing of habit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there is research that I read a research. I can't remember the research to quote it, but there was a research article that I read about if you talk to the amount of people, because I was thinking of my dad, who was a school teacher, the number of people that you talk to during the day actually impacts the, your quality of life, which impacts your happiness and your longevity. Wow. So if you're you're like me, like a chatty Kathy, and you talk to a ton of people, I talk to people <laughs> at Meyer. I talk to people everywhere I go. I got stuck on my roof blowing my gutters out the other day <laughs> and my ladder fell. So yeah. I was yelling down the road, hey, you walkers. And I made a new friend and she lives around the See, corner. You know? I, don't, I don't stand on my roof and make new yeah, friends. So I don't want to hold you because you need, how many points did you get through the okay, nine. one more. So I have one more. Yeah. Make family a priority. Okay. So these, one of the nine habits of these people was making family a priority. And so that that's something that goes back to mindfulness as well. When you're with your family, make it a priority, be focused and be present with them. And that will develop that relationship. Don't be on your phone. Don't be talking to other people, you know, give them your full attention. And mm-hmm. that that's one of the habits of being in a healthy high-level well-being state. You know, you mentioned your son, uh, sons or son seeing you at the basketball game and kind of calling you out because you got hit by the basketball. You were, yeah, you know, texting or something. Yeah. I've got a son. He's 31. And he, if he's over, even if somebody says something, I'm a learner, right? Yeah. I need to learn stuff. Yeah. And I'll, I'll hear some one of the kids say something. And I start Googling it. I'm not paying attention to emails. <laughs> Dad, put your phone down. I mean, he calls us out. Yeah. And I appreciate it, actually. I really do. Very cool. Well, it's good to have you back. I'm looking forward to our next episode. Uh, we want to let you know that we're going to continue this discussion about well-being and wellness. Thank you for listening. This is a Healthier Michigan podcast brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show, you want to know more, you can check us out. Here it comes, a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can leave a review. Uh, you can leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, to get new episodes on your smartphone or tablet, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Next week, we're going to be talking a lot more about happiness, this idea of journaling and gratitude. And if you write it down, for some of us, that's counterintuitive. What do you mean, write it down? Why am I going to be grateful? Or I hope to be grateful today. Here's my takeaway today. Hang on. I'm going to stand on the roof and I'm going to look for Mr. Johnson next door. <laughs> hey, Mr. Johnson, you want to be my friend? I'm sorry. You think yeah. that would work? I think it's going to work. I got oh, a phone man. number in my phone now in case I get stuck up oh, there get again. out. I do. You've inspired me. Cindy Bjorkquist, Chuck Gatica, thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time for our next episode.